Welcome to the Rennie Podcast, a podcast about the real estate market and the people connected by it. We seek to empower our listeners to make informed decisions while providing context for the real estate world around them. We hope that with every episode, you become a little more knowledgeable and a lot more curious. Today, we're discussing the latest residential real estate data across the Vancouver region for May 2021. We'll focus on our three key insights. One, another month and almost another sales record in May. Two, housing inventory in the Vancouver region remain constrained. And three, prices remain elevated, though there were some signs that they may be leveling out. My name is Bonby and Posi, Senior Housing Analyst here at Rennie for the past four years. Joining us today, as always, is Ryan Berlin, Senior Economist and Director of Intelligence here at Rennie. And we are excited to welcome Art Seroff, a real estate advisor who's been with us since 2014 and, in 2017, was named Top 100 of Canada's Top Performing Real Estate Agents, age 35 or younger. Art, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bowen. Thanks a lot for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, discuss with you our real estate market. Right on. And, you know, we're kind of uh, partway into June here. Wondering if you have any plans for the upcoming summer. I know COVID restrictions will kind of ease. Yeah, everybody's counting days until... Uh, we're getting back to a normal life, hopefully like somewhere in July, while me and my wife, we are counting days until our first baby. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely exciting. And uh, I guess our new normal is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ryan, do you have any plans for uh, this upcoming summer? Yeah, just looking to travel a little bit within the province. Nothing too ambitious, but looking forward to a uh, probably a 10-day camping trip up and around Bella Coola where I've never been. So, um, yeah, you know, given that how little I've done over the past year and a half, I'm very much looking forward to that. Let's begin with insight number one, another month and almost another sales record in May. So there's over 7,100 sales in May, 2021, making it the second most active May on record. Before we explore that insight, what we're all hearing and and Art, what you're seeing is that the market is slowing down. How accurate is this assessment, Ryan? Yeah, it's really interesting because on some level, the data actually contradicts that perspective that the market is slowing down. But when you look at the data, um, we do see that over the past few months, the market has slowed insofar as sales are concerned. So looking at March to April, we saw sales fall, the, the total MLS sales count in the Vancouver region, which includes the, just for clarity here for our listeners, the Vancouver region includes the Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley uh, real estate board areas combined. So within that broad or broadly defined region for Vancouver, sales fell by 12% between March and April, and then they fell again by 8% uh, between April and May. When all was said and done, there were 1,700 fewer sales in May than there were in March. And so, you know, factually, statistically, however you want to put it, there has been a slowdown in the market on the demand side. Yeah, so there's definitely less activity at the moment compared to earlier in the spring. Is that something that you're seeing on the ground art where there's less kind of activity than there was, uh, you know, a few months ago? Oh, it's actually nice that uh, Ryan brought up the stats uh, for the how much percentage uh, wise uh, the sales dropped uh, month by month because in fact like in April that's when it's actually start being noticeable that something is changing in May it's been already kind of obvious that 
market has changed and we may be coming to our summer market, which is normal. But uh, with any agent who I spoke with, everybody is saying the same story. doesn't matter what kind of product, doesn't matter where you listing or your buyers. So it's noticeable. Right. So, you know, factually and, and perceptively, the market has slowed in the past two months. But this is where context, I think, is, is really important. So, you know, Ryan, can you kind of share some thoughts and data points on the bigger picture, right? You know, this is the second highest May sales count. So even though it might be slowing on the ground, we still saw over 7,000 sales, which has only happened, you know, three times um, in the month of May in the Vancouver region ever. Yeah, exactly. I know. And there's always, always seems to be, you know, a couple of narratives as it relates to what's happening in the market. There's what's happening around us currently or over the recent past, which we really, we can almost feel, we can sense. But then it's really important. This is where the data, the longer term historical data really comes in handy because it does help to put our current context into perspective, something that we can't really do without having the data. So just providing some historical context to the current numbers. Obviously, if we look at sales in May of 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic, um, last month's sales were up hugely by more than a factor of three, which is probably not to be expected. Sales absolutely cratered last year in April and May. But I mean, I know Art, you were saying earlier when we were chatting that even though sales were almost historically low in April and May last year, because they increased between April and May. Last May felt like, hey, you know, there's a lot of activity, right? Like there's a lot going on out there when in reality, it was still a very depressed market from a demand perspective. But I think what is most telling uh, about the current state of our market is that last month's sales were 44% above the past decade average for May. That number being 44% above the long run average, it's not really being narrowly driven by a particular product type or a particular area, we're seeing it across the board, across home types and areas. So when we look at detached sales, they're up 23% compared to the long run average. When we look at May's data, townhome sales are up 60% and condo sales last month are 63% higher than the long run average, which is also, there's a whole other commentary there that I don't think we're going to get into, but the, the condo market is really continuing this rebound from the early days of the pandemic. And then when we look north of the Fraser and we look south of the Fraser within the Vancouver region, we're seeing increases in sales in both parts of the region. So a 31% increase in sales north of the Fraser versus the long run average and sales south of the Fraser were 69% above the long run average. And I think that those data points are really most telling about where our market's at um, right now. So further to that point, Art, you're mentioning how it was more difficult to sell smaller, um, lower price condo homes during the back half of 2020. But that has changed in 2021 and into March, April and May. You had mentioned investors are kind of back in the fold. And we're wondering if you can elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, sure. Last year, when we kind of noticed that we're not getting back to our normal life in like by mid of the summer, people started buying houses and it's actually can be noticeable on the stats as well. So, and the shift on the market like move from usually what more active like condos and townhouses to houses. And during the fall, well, like it was pretty tough to sell cheaper one bedroom studios because nobody wants them. So everybody were buying like townhouses, houses if they can. And uh, basically 
the market has changed once we got the stats for 2020 and taking into account all the things like pandemic, uh, job loss, uh, just general concern about the future, uh, it was noticeable that the market is getting more active. So, and it was kind of turning point when people start buying everything, not only houses, but they start looking into condom market, starting looking for investment properties. And uh, like right from like second week of January, everything's starting picking up. Well, the condos, uh, doesn't matter because it's downtown, Coquitlam, Surrey. So it was noticeable. And once the sales start rolling, the prices are starting going right after that. Which brings us to our second insight. Housing inventory in the Vancouver region remain constrained. So compared to the past decade average, the number of total listings across the Vancouver region was lower by 23%. As with sales, the story as it relates to inventory is somewhat nuanced, isn't it, Ryan? Because you know what we've been experiencing over the past few months is, is more and more listings. Yeah, on the sales side, we've been seeing um, decreases over the past few months. But you know, as we noted, uh, compared to what we might expect in a typical May, there have been or there was a lot of sales activity last month. And so sort of the opposite story for inventory. We know that if we look at the data for May, the number of listings in the region was up 26% versus what we saw back in February, which was a relative low. There were 13,000 homes uh, available for sale that month. Last month, it ticked up over 16,000. And so the total number of homes available for purchase in this region is now back to the levels that we saw last May in 2020. But I think what's interesting here, unlike the uniformity that we're seeing in the trends in sales um, across product types and in different areas in our region, the movement of our inventory or of the supply of housing back towards last year's level has solely been driven by the detached segment of the market. So, you know, after months and months of detached housing supply sort of declining, we on a year over year basis have seen the total number of detached listings in the region actually increase by 9%. And that stands in pretty stark contrast to what we're seeing in the multifamily segment, which is a decline of 18% year over year in townhome listings and a drop of 4% in condo listings. So a, a divergent pattern of change there in the last 12 months for sure. And Ryan, it's always fascinating to, to break it down by home types and, and see which ones are driving fluctuations in, in sales counts or inventory levels. Art, in your mind, as we look at inventory expanding over the past few months to getting back to last year's levels, what is driving that? You know, how much of it is just a seasonal movement, uh, you know, an increase that we typically see, or are buyers trying to capitalize on high and rising prices? I think there's multiple factors here to consider. One of them is that... Like historically, if you look at the previous uh, market cycle, let's say, uh, house is always starting first. Once the price is going to the level where uh, most people cannot afford them, then townhouses are taken apart and lastly condos. So that's why like our markets can be spread for a few years, like a more active market depending on the product type. Uh, and here, what we see is actually like very accurately kind of describing the whole market cycle concept. So uh, it feels like houses already at the level where price-wise and 
inventories are accumulating over time, while townhouses were selling like crazy. I don't remember townhouses were selling that good, where the prices just keep rising pretty much every week, while the condom market has just starting actually picking up. And depending, of course, on the area, uh, like you mentioned before, uh, south of Fraser, that's where I guess right now one of the most active markets for uh, townhouses and condos. So inventory is there, even though the listings coming up, but they're still selling pretty good. While if you look at housing market, let's say in North Shore, there are way more listings available, and it's way easier to purchase something that it was. A few months ago, you can actually can go shop around, take your time to make a decision before just trying to beat 10 other people. And you were saying that that's kind of a, a market that you, you enjoy working in more, you know, something that's a little bit more balanced, right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's actually easier for both, for buyers and sellers. It's easier to manage the expectations. It's easier to make comparative market analysis. So both buyers and sellers know what to expect. And uh, some strategies that were very, very popular during like February, March, April, when you list low, then you get 20 offers and selling like way above the asking price. Now these strategies not working as good as they used to. And there are many factors for that as well. So from people simply don't want to compete to the level what people expecting, the sellers, what they're expecting is way above what buyers willing to pay. Yeah, very interesting, Art, that that as an agent, you're ideally looking to work with buyers and sellers within that balanced market. And certainly the changes that we've seen over the past few months have moved us in the direction of a balanced market. But it's clear that the elevated demand that we're still experiencing and the relatively constrained supply that is available means that conditions still do favor sellers quite strongly. And that obviously has implications for for prices. And you know, that brings us to insight number three, that prices have remained elevated, though there were some signs that they may be leveling out. So prices were still up by double digits, pretty much across all home types and board areas when it comes to year-over-year change. This being said, they decreased across all home types and port areas when compared to last month. So this is the first time that we've actually seen a month-over-month decrease across all home types and both port areas since the onset of the pandemic. So, you know, we see these kind of double-digit year-over-year increases. We see these month-over-month decreases kind of for the first time across all home types. What do you make of this, uh, Ryan? Yeah, this is another example, I think, when we, when we look at prices of there being so much noise in the data. <clears throat> and... You know, usually when we're looking at price changes, whether it's average or it's median or it's benchmark, you know, we always, I don't want to say that we take the month over month changes with a grain of salt, but the prices are a function of effectively, and this is me speaking as an economist, but the intersection of supply and demand. And there are so many factors on either side of the ledger there impacting those forces of supply and demand that there's often quite a sensitivity that trickles down into prices. So you, we often go through periods where, you know, from one month to the next, there's an increase. And following that, there's a decrease. And the month after that, there's an increase. And it kind of, it's burbling up and down. So we obviously don't want to make a, a mountain out of a molehill. And we've often said that one data point does not make a trend. 
It is notable, though, as you said, that this is the first time that we've seen an actual decrease in median sales prices in on a month over month basis in over a year. You know, I think what we're seeing here is just recognizing, too, that for our listeners, the, the median price is the price at which 50% of sales were higher than that price and 50% of sales were lower than that price over a given period, in this case, the month of May. So when I see a decrease in median price on a month over month basis, as we've seen recently here, what it says to me is that we're seeing fewer, more expensive sales. I don't, I don't know if, if I would go as far as to say that it's actual buyer fatigue that's leading to that. But as prices have been rising so dramatically, as you noted, on a year-over-year basis, we've seen huge increases in prices, particularly within detached in greater Vancouver, a 21% increase in the year-over-year median sales price through May and a whopping, um, that's a technical term, a whopping 39% increase in the median detached sales price in the Fraser Valley board area. So essentially the south of Fraser part of the region. And that actually has resulted in the median sales price in the Fraser Valley, essentially equaling the median sales price for detached in the greater Vancouver board area from one year ago. So what a detached home, the median detached home costs now in the Valley is what you could have bought a detached home for at the median price in greater Vancouver a year ago, which is astonishing to me. So unsustainable price increases, absolutely. And we know that the price curve is going to start to bend down at some point. We've talked about this for a number of months. You know, when we do talk about median prices that declined on a month over month basis, what we're, we're not saying that the value of your home or my home or Bowen's declined. What it means is the mix of homes or the composition of the homes that sold in May was different from a month earlier. And so there were just fewer, more expensive sales. And that's what led to that. So it's more indicative of the types of homes that people are buying rather than the value that they place on an individual home. And so we're moving in the direction of the price increases slowing. And in recent months, inventory has expanded. So, you know, my expectation as we look ahead and Art, I would love to hear your opinion on this, um, is that the most likely outcome for prices is not uh, any significant decline, but rather uh, a leveling out in prices through or towards the end of this year. Yeah, of course, Ryan. One of the things that uh, it was to notice is that during very active market like uh, March and April, when there were so many multiple offers, very often people were very emotional and they didn't look at the comparables, they didn't look at the recent sales, they didn't look at uh, what they sometimes even can afford. They just beat as much as they could just to uh, get the place. But once we start getting a little bit more inventory, we're starting to see less sales. So people can take a little bit more time and think uh, whether it's a good price or not and whether they should negotiate the price or should go way over it, right? So I guess it's one of the main reasons why the medium price maybe shifted a little bit lower. It's just people can take their time to think about what they're buying, right? But uh, generally speaking, I don't think that the price is actually decreasing. Yeah, of course, if you're taking 10 properties in one market and two of them were sold a little bit cheaper than other eight, Yes, the price went down a little bit. But I think if you're taking in account in a few months what's going to happen, I don't think that we will see a uh, price decrease. Uh, 
what at least it's feeling like just a regular seasonality. So summer market is usually always a little bit slower. Yes, in some cases, you maybe get a little bit better deal. But if you look at the whole market, the price tendency upwards, I think it will still continue into the fall market. And the fall market, I think that's where actually quantum market in general going to pick up and we will see this like huge price increase in some markets which were kind of slower during the past 12 months let's say like downtown for example which i wouldn't surprise that the price is now cheaper than they were exactly a year ago yeah and art on the downtown uh, condo market specifically have you had any clients recently or any any stories from clients recently in the downtown market uh yes of course so uh, one of my clients just bought a place, uh, great value. It's cheaper than the same place we saw last year. And uh, I helped him to rent it out. The interesting thing is that I got 14 or 15 requests to see the place, uh, people inquiring about the place, and none of them were a local person. So everybody were either coming from Europe, states, or from other cities, so, and everybody, I guess, lots of people have been waiting when the restrictions on travelers go a little bit easier so they can come back here, start working. And uh, uh, this kind of was actually surprising to see that um, for many, many people, downtown is still the place where they want to be, even though they work maybe somewhere in Langley. But for newcomers, downtown is a kind of a flagship. So that's what they see that's what they know Vancouver is, right? So, and of course, after a few years, they will figure out that in Langley, you can buy the townhouse for the same price. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been noticeable and it's been noticeable uh, even in the past just few weeks, like or whenever the restaurants open up, downtown core became way more busier, getting more calls on the listings. I think people forget about some things pretty fast, but as soon as you can go to your office to work, as soon as you can enjoy the nightlife and, and some other recreational facilities in downtown, the demand is just going to skyrocket just because downtown has everything what uh, people like about Vancouver, so it's convenience, right? Yeah, you know, Art, I, I uh, agree with you as well. Like as you look at the reanimation of the economy and how that manifests in downtown Vancouver, with public spaces being just more available and used and restaurants and cafes and stores opening up, the value associated with living downtown increases again, back to where it was. And and your point about non-locals, people moving to this region and looking for homes in downtown Vancouver, when you place that in the context of something that we've talked about numerous times on this podcast in previous episodes, which is immigration in this country, which is now targeted to be its highest ever in each of the next three years. You know, I really think that the stage is set from a demographic perspective and also from an economic one, actually, for downtown to uh, reemerge from all of this and look more like the downtown that we knew before the pandemic. The, fu- the funny thing is, actually, it's maybe not medium price may not change is because the more expensive stuff we're selling like last summer's or fall winter like expensive stuff we're selling so people who doesn't need to go to the work who has the lifestyle and say like high earners and so on uh surprisingly but yeah like expensive condos 
there, there was no kind of noticeable slowdown, while like more affordable, that's what kind of affected. But that's not inconsistent with that whole. Um, it's not at all. You know, the, it's the, not at all. The storyline of yeah, people want like they're spending more time at home. Okay, well, if I can afford a three or four bedroom condo like penthouse downtown, it's got everything I need. I can just stay here. I'm all good. But on the flip side of that, the other end of the spectrum, that that thinking does not apply to somebody who's living in 500 square feet downtown because they need they need more or they need something different. So based on this conversation, we'll have to keep track of the downtown condo activity going forward. Yeah, that, that'll be a fascinating storyline like heading into the fall. It's a thing, right? So like everybody, like when they talk to somebody, thinking about only one group of people, oh, students going to come back. Oh, like people from offices going to come back to the downtown so they can go to work. It's actually, if you start counting, it's so many people, so many groups. For sure. I mean, that's like, that's why it went down. And that's why like Bowen wrote uh, our paper on the rental market and how it changed in 2020, like about a couple months ago, we published it. It was like, yeah, well, what happened? Like people moved back in with their parents, people doubled up. People wanted more space. So, that, you know, they left that, they left, they left rental, but they left downtown. Like, why would you, you know, the value proposition associated with living downtown just wasn't there. And like, it doesn't support prices. It doesn't support rents. Like vacancy rates went up in the, across the region and rental. But as soon as you turn that corner with the pandemic and things go back to the way they were, all of a sudden, all like everything just, there's no reason really for things not to re-expand back to what they looked like beforehand. There is not a fundamental reason unless we think that going forward, we simply won't have uh, people will form households in permanently different ways or we won't get the migration levels that we got historically, right? I mean, that's that has to be our assumption if you don't think it's going to get back to where it was. And I think that that is not going to be the reality. So I'll wrap up today's podcast by summarizing our three key insights. One, almost another sales record in May. Two, inventory in the region is still constrained. And three, Prices remain elevated, though there were some signs that they may be leveling out. Art, any final advice for home buyers? Uh, yeah, like I'm actually a strong believer that uh, there's always an opportunity out there. It doesn't matter what the market is. There's always a way to find either it's a good home to live in or investment property. The market, when it's shifting, when the market's slowing down a little bit, you need somebody experienced who can actually just show you a bigger picture, not just a headline in the news written by somebody who don't even know how the real estate market is working. Uh, it's a great time to buy for sure. Just if you, again, look at the market so, uh, circle and seasonality, right now we have the, one of the highest uh, amount of listings during the year, while the buyers demand a little bit less. So there's always something good that you can grab maybe negotiate the price and see how your asset is growing in the next few years hopefully so always uh opportunities out there and uh what would be the best way for our listeners to reach you art yeah, you can just google my name art Sirov, or go to rainy website and uh, find me there i have all my contact information there as well well that wraps up this episode of the rainy podcast to dig deeper into the data, be sure to check out our latest Rennie review and other intelligence information on rennie.com slash intelligence. To be the first to receive this information straight to your inbox, register for intelligence updates. 
Art, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys, uh, for having me here. It's an honor uh, to discuss the market activity with you. And I know some of my clients actually subscribe to all Ray Intelligence uh, posts. So thanks a lot. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm sure they'll be happy to, to hear you on the podcast. And Ryan, thank you again and, and chat soon. Thanks, Colin. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, all resources mentioned in the episode can be found on rennie.com.